Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Amen. I really do. I want to get back into what we've been talking about for several weeks at our church, which is the vision of High Country Christian Church for the year 2020. God's got some wonderful things. Thank you, bro. God's got some wonderful things that he wants to say and do in our community and in our church this year, and I believe we are ideally positioned to see those things come to pass. Do you believe that? Do you believe we're ideally positioned to see God do some awesome stuff? I do. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump right back in to this series called A Transformation of Life. Today is number three, part number three for A Transformation of Life. We asked, uh, how does the vision play out in our church that God has to see lives transformed and to see life itself transformed? How does that play out at High Country Christian Church? We said that it shows up in four distinct components. The first of those is that we know Jesus. The second of those is that we get connected. The third is that we discover our purpose as individuals. And then the fourth is that we make an impact. You need to know Jesus. You need to get connected. You need to discover your purpose. And you need to make an impact in the world around you. Amen? My dad says and has been saying since I was younger, God didn't call you to make a, a, a living. He called you to make a difference. Amen? Glory to God. So we're asking the question, how does this play out in our church? And last week, we talked about getting connected and what it means to get connected. Today, we're going to talk about discovering your purpose. I began last week by talking about culture in the church. Not culture in the world, but our culture as a church. We said that we don't rise to the level of our culture, or excuse me, we don't rise to the level of our vision, we fall to the level of our culture. We don't rise to the level of our vision, we fall to the level of our culture. My pastor used this phrase this week with me on the phone. Culture by design, not by default. Culture by design and not by default. Default is not what you want. Amen. When things are left to themselves, when things are left to default, they skew towards chaos, not order. How many of you have ever uh, left a piece of wood outside? What happens to it? Does it get shinier? Does it get nicer? No, what happens? It gets rotten. Things, when they're left to themselves, don't get better, they get worse. And so culture, so vision, purpose, all these things we're talking about, if we're not intentional to follow God, life doesn't get better for us. It, does, it gets worse. How many of you found that to be true in your own life, in your walk with Christ? When I, you know, my dad would, would, would say this all the time when we were kids. He'd say, what do you need to do to backslide? Nothing. Nothing. Just don't do anything. Just live by default instead of living by design. You want to backslide? It's real easy. Just stop. Amen. 
Default's not what we want. Being intentional is the only way to break the cycle of a culture that slipped backward into default. We'll never achieve a superior vision with an inferior culture. Amen. So what, what does that mean? It means we're changing our culture. It means we're elevating the level of our culture. It means, friends, that we're going to expect more from God than we've ever expected in any other year. We're going to expect God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we've asked or even can imagine according to the power that works within us because he is able to do that. So we're going to expect more from him. And we're going to expect more from each other. Amen. Because God's got good things he wants to do. Now, we're talking today about discovering your purpose. I want to drill, I want to look into this area of discovering your purpose from a large, wide perspective and drill down into it. Have you ever seen, y'all, y'all remember, you ever seen Russian dolls? You know, those little Russian dolls are, those little things that, you know, it looks like a doll and then you open it and then there's another slightly smaller, slightly more angry doll on the inside. And then you open it again, and it just keeps getting more microscopic. I'm going to ask several questions regarding purpose this morning, and each one fits into the last. Does that make sense? Just like a Russian doll. Number one question is, what is purpose? Talking about discovering your purpose today, what is purpose? Question number two is, what is God's purpose for everything? What is God's purpose? Did you ever think of that? What is God's purpose? Number three, what is the church's purpose? Not just our church, but the church, big C. And then four, what is my purpose? And you'll find that each one of these tucks up into the last one. Let's begin by defining purpose. What is Purpose. The dictionary definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Simply put, purpose is the why. Purpose is the why of life. Vision is the how of life, but purpose is the why. Why do we do what we do? Why does God do what God does? Purpose is the why. And I want to say this, that purpose is expressed in plans and designs. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. Purpose is expressed in plans and in designs. Now, I know that maybe sounds technical, but it's going to get real exciting here in a second. Purpose is expressed in plans and in designs. That means nothing that has a design happens by accident. And anything that happens by accident doesn't have a design. In other words, let me put it to you this way. It's impossible for something to be simultaneously accidental and designed. Think about this for a moment. It's impossible for things, you can't hold on to both of those realities. It can't be an accident and be designed. So the, so the beautiful part about that is that if you've been wondering or questioning God's purpose in your life, if you've been confused or concerned about what am I here for and what is my life all about, I'm here to tell you the fact that there's a design holding you together is proof positive that you're not an accident. 
that God's power is for you. I know people come in the door and they come on, 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 on uh, Sundays to church and they're tough, man. The week has beat them up and it's easy to lose sight of the vision that God has put in your heart. It's easy to lose sight of your purpose in the kingdom. It's easy to lose sight sometimes of your value to God. But the fact that there is a design in your life is proof that God is a designer and has a purpose for you, and you are not an accident. Amen. The presence of a design always points back to the purpose of the designer. As long as you can see the design, you can know two things for sure. Someone designed this, and that designer has a purpose. And listen, as long as you can see the design, how hard is it to look at yourself in the mirror and see that you were created? That you are not the net result of time plus matter plus chance? Come on, somebody. Talk to me. You are not the result of time plus matter plus chance. All you got to do is look in the mirror and see that that's true. Do you know how many fibers there are in the back of each one of your eyeballs? Millions. And did you know that each one of those little nerve fibers has got to connect to a corresponding nerve fiber that attaches to your brain? And if those don't connect in exactly the right order, you don't see? So literally all you have to do is look at yourself in the mirror and begin to thank God that you were designed, which means you are not an accident, which means you have a purpose. Don't get me preaching in here this morning, somebody. I told you I got something I got to get out today. I would love to just sit in the presence of the Lord till we all fall asleep, but I got something I got to say today. You have a design And that design points to the one who designed you. And that designer had a purpose. Otherwise, he wouldn't have created the design. Nobody designs and creates a car for it not to drive. Right? Nobody makes a design for it to fail and fall apart. Amen. You know, there was was a... Somewhere in Europe, I think it was Germany, but there was somebody who was... Oh, man, help me get this out, Lord. There was a designer who was an atheist and a fascist and said he wanted to prove that things, that, could, that things could be designed that had no function or purpose. So he set about, he was an architect, and he set about to create a house where nothing in the house made sense. It was all total chaos. You had doors that went to nowhere. You had stairways that went to nowhere. He would design a stair and it would stop. And in his mind, he's thinking, I'm doing a good job to prove that I can, I can build something that has no purpose. The problem is, when you design a staircase, you can still climb to the top of it, even if it doesn't go in anywhere. So it still worked. He tried so hard to, to, to unravel the concept of purpose and design, and all he did was strengthen the case for it. The fact that you can see out of your eyeballs this morning is proof positive that God designed you and has purpose for your life. Watch, watch, what's, watch what David says. Oh, it feels good in here, finally. Psalm 139. Watch what David says in the Message Bible. 
verses 13 through 16. When I was a kid, my mom, who happens to be on the front row here this morning, hey, mom. Um, it, when I was a kid, she would read this scripture to me, and there was a line in it out of the King James that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's so true, but I love how, I love how Eugene Peterson, Patterson, whatever his name is, got it in the Message Bible. Was it Eugene Patterson, I think? Peterson, Peterson, I was right the first time. He wrote this in the Message Bible. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. In worship, in ador- I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Good night, man. Like an open book, you watched me grow. Jesus had a hand in creating your life. You're not an accident. You've been designed with a purpose. You've been given the gift called life so that you can be an expression of God in the earth. The American author Mark Twain once said, I know this is not scripture, but it's a doggone good quote. The American author Mark Twain once said, the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. The two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. So what is, let me ask you this. You got a purpose, right? What is God's purpose? This is the second of the four questions we're asking ourselves today. What is God's purpose? And I want to submit to you, the following is my personal conviction, and it is what I believe based on everything that I've ever seen in Scripture when it comes to understanding God's purpose in the earth. I believe this to be a theologically and scripturally sound definition Of God's purpose in the earth. Are you ready? God's purpose, the why. God's purpose is to reveal his goodness to his creation. Amen. I couldn't wait to say that. It's so good. I mean, why, 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 God? Why, why, why? What's your purpose? What's the reason? Why did you make the stars? He says, so that I could show you my goodness. Oh, Lord, why did you create man? You know, the psalmist David does such a good job of this in Psalm chapter 8. He says, when I consider the heavens, the works of your fingers, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is is humanity that you make such a big deal? Why, God? I believe God's purpose is to reveal his goodness to his creation. Do you understand he created you 
so that he could reveal himself to you. Ay, 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 ay. Do you realize that every tree that's ever flowered and grown is here simply as a testimony of the goodness of God? You want to know why you can find God everywhere? It's because he surrounded you with himself in the form of everything that he ever created just so that he could prove to you that he was good. And then you know what's cool? He created you to, to, for the same reason. He created the tree and he created you so that when you would see the tree, you would see how good he is to you. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. Why? What is God's purpose? To reveal his goodness to his creation. That's why there's a creation. Ay, ay, ay. I believe that everything exists because God has a desire to reveal his goodness. Now, let me say this. God is self-sufficient. Isn't that right? He doesn't need the existence of anything. God didn't create you because he was lonely or because he was bored. He didn't create the whole of humanity. He didn't create the whole of creation just because he wanted something to do. I believe he created everything because he's so good and his nature is to be so benevolent that he wanted to reveal his goodness, but he needed a creation to reveal it to. <laughs> he didn't create the world because he was born or bored or lonely. He had a purpose. Brother, what scripture do you look at to prove that point? Here's a thought. All of them. Okay? All of them. Read the, this, this blessed, magnificent, amazing book called the Holy Bible. All of it points to a, majest, a majestic narrative of God through the millennia, through all of time, since the beginning of eternity through the end of eternity, doing one thing, and that's revealing his goodness, showing off how good he is. Do you understand that glorifies him? We say that the purpose for things is to reveal the glory of God. It is. When he reveals his goodness, he gets glory for it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that every verse in Scripture is an expression of God wanting to reveal his goodness to his creation. Now, let's keep moving. What is the church's purpose? If the purpose of God is to reveal his goodness to his creation, what is the church's purpose? I believe the church's purpose is to reveal God's desire to reveal his goodness to his creation. I believe we exist to be the vehicle that God uses to proclaim his goodness to the whole world. The church's purpose is to be God's vessel, his vehicle, and the method that he uses in completing his purpose. Are you sticking with me so far? You see how each one of these Russian dolls fits into the bigger one? Make no mistake, the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals God to the heart of people. And we are the ones that he uses 
to accomplish this. You and I are never, by our own wittiness and goodness, going to convince people into, into having God revealed to them. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. I can't make you have revelation, right? I can't make you have revelation. What I can do is to preach the word and trust the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. So the Holy Spirit, it's his job to reveal the purpose of, or to reveal God to people, but it's our job to partner with him. We get to be the method that God uses to see his purpose come to pass in the, uh, come to pass in the earth. Are you following me so far? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Check this out. Again, I love this in the message. Jesus says, let me tell you why you are here. Sounds like a purpose statement, doesn't it? Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't you, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Listen, Jesus is telling you this this morning. I'm putting you on a light stand. So shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Wow. Isn't that amazing? What is the purpose of the church? purpose of the church is to be the vehicle that God uses in accomplishing his purpose, which is to reveal his goodness to his people and to his creation. The purpose gets accomplished in a thousand different ways, and the Bible gives us permission and instruction on how to be God's vessel as the church. We get to be the ones that he uses to touch the world. We get to be the ones that he uses to demonstrate to all of creation how good he is. Amen. And there's a, that happens in a thousand different ways. That happens when you love your neighbor as yourself. That happens when you lay hands on the sick and they recover. That happens, that happens when, you, uh, when you bear one another's burden. That happens when you pray for somebody. That happens when you give. That happens when you act like Jesus in Acts 10.38 and go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. That happens in a thousand different ways. And the Bible is here to give us both permission and to give us instruction on how that is supposed to happen. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing? We have the most awesome opportunity as people to be invested in God's church. Now, the, the, the fourth and final question we have is what is my purpose? We talked about the purpose of God for a moment. 
And please understand that we could take months to talk about each one of these points. I'm not here to present an exhaustive study on the purpose of God. You follow? I mean, literally, I said all the verses in the Bible point to that as being God's purpose. So, I mean, we could sit here and just read the whole Bible, and it would take months. So there's a lot to these concepts, but I want to do my best to help you to understand who God is and what he's all about and how you and I fit into that. So we ask, what is purpose? What's God's purpose? What is the purpose of the church? And finally, what is my purpose? What's your purpose? Have you ever wondered that? Don't lie. I know you've wondered that. We've all wondered that. We've all laid in bed at night, awake, trying to figure out what is this all about? What are we here for? Amen. What is your purpose? I believe that our purpose can be found in the following four things. To know him. To discover his design in you. To find your place in his body. And to take part in his work. Let me give you those four things again. I believe our purpose can be found in the following four things. Number one, to know him. Number two, to discover his design in you. Number three, to find your place in his body. And number four, to take part in his work. Let's, let's look at each one of these one at a time in the last few minutes. Y'all doing all right this morning? You still with me? You know that I love you. Amen. This is good preaching. It's not poison, okay? You can, yeah, amen. Yeah, praise God. Amen. How do I find my purpose in God? Well, number one, number one, the number one purpose you have in God is to know him. Amen. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden at the very beginning, what did he do? He revealed himself to Adam. He revealed himself to them. Why? Because he wanted them to know him. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to the image of his death. Why do you, what, what is this all about, Paul? What are you after? What are you chasing after, Paul? I'm chasing after this one thing that I might know him. If you never got to, to, to number two, number three, and number four, if you never were to discover your design, if you were never to you know, find uh, you know, uh, your place in his body, if you were never to do any of those things, you could at least get to heaven on number one. Right? That's a pretty good deal. Amen. Now, we want, we, we want to know our purpose. We want to find our place in his body. We want to understand these things. But, but the chief concern of man is to know God. And my job as a pastor is to help you to know God, to help you to understand who he is. Paul says it here, that I might know him. And you can almost hear in his, in his language and in his verbiage in this passage, we don't have time to read the whole passage, but I recommend that you do. Go back and start in Philippians chapter 3, somewhere in the middle of the chapter, verses 3, 4, 5, and just read all the way down. And you find that Paul says, everything that I thought that I gained in my life, 
Everything that I did according to my own efforts and all the things I thought were so great, I've literally counted them as rubbish and dung that I might gain Christ. Everything that I thought I brought to the table that was so special, I've literally discounted it and counted it as worthless so that I could have this one thing in exchange. What's that one thing, Paul? That I might know him. God is a God who, who wants to personally reveal himself to you. So the first purpose that we serve in this life is to know him. The second purpose is to discover our design in him, or to discover, excuse me, his design in us. What did he design you to do? See, when it, when it, when it comes to knowing him, that first part is about just being with him. We used to always say this coming up, we're, we're called human beings, not human doings, Right? So the first part of knowing him connects me to him so that I can just be with him. Now we take it a little step deeper and we say, okay, Lord, now I know what it means to be with you. I know what it means to be connected to you, to be in union and in fellowship with you. Now show me, Lord, what did you design me to do? Because if you try to do without learning how to be, you'll we'll chase your tail for the rest of your life. Does that make sense? Y'all with me this morning? If you, if you try to just be, or excuse me, if you try to do without learning how to be, you'll just, take, you'll just be in a circle. You'll just be like a hamster on a wheel. But if you can first learn to know God, then he can teach you what he wants you to do. Lord, what did you create me for? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. This is amazing. He says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Before you were born, look at that. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. Before you were even here, Jeremiah, I was working. Kind of sounds like what David said in Psalm 139, doesn't it? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet. God has created a design that he put in each and every one of us. And it's up to us to discover that design. Discover, Lord, what did you create me for? I don't want to tell you that one of the greatest days is when God reveals the purpose of his design in your life. Some of us, we go, we, we go through Life and we find ourselves in situations again by default. Well, I, you know, maybe you're a farmer because your dad was a farmer and his dad was a farmer and his dad was a farmer, going back to Noah, right? Maybe you take the family business just because it's the family business. And then something special happens when God reveals to you why he put you here. When he reveals his design in you, it's an incredible thing. It happened to Elisha. Elisha was the, the young prophet who was following after the senior prophet, Elijah. I always think it's kind of funny that their names were almost identical. Like, come on, Lord, you couldn't have, you know, called one of them Bill or something like that, just, to, just so we could, you know, make it easier. 
But Elijah is the older prophet. Elisha is the younger prophet. And what's amazing is that when God calls Elisha, he asks Elisha to leave what he's doing. And Elisha was doing the family business. He had all these oxen, and he was a farmer, and he was doing all this stuff. And he sacrificed all of that to follow after this man of God. It's a powerful thing happens when God shows you why you're here. Number three, our purpose is to find our place in the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 17 and 18 reads, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Could you imagine if you were just one big eyeball walking around? That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? But now, verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he has pleased. So the first thing you got to learn to do is you got to know him. You got to be with God. And you got to be before you can learn how to do. But then once you learn how to be, now you can learn how to do. Lord, what's, what, what did you put me here to do? And then once you learn what you're, what you're put here to do, now you can ask him, Lord, where do I fit? Where's my place? Like Michael W. Smith said, my place in this world. My place in, you know. Yeah, praise God. I had to plug my nose to really get the E to come out. My place in this world. What is my place, God? Well, the Bible says that he has placed the members as he sees fit. How many of you figured out God's smarter than you? Amen. He puts us where he wants us so that we can be the most useful. And then number four, key to our purpose is to take part in his work. We get this cue right from Jesus Right from John chapter 4, this is Jesus himself talking to us. Listen to how serious Jesus was about doing what he was called to do. He said, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you know Jesus was serious about doing his purpose? Serious about joining into the work that God had established for him. So much so that if you remember the story, Jesus is about 12 years old. And Mary and Joseph and Jesus are in Jerusalem for a feast, for a, for a, a festival. And it's about time to go back to their village where they lived. They lived in a place called Nazareth. And it's multiple days walk from Jerusalem you can do it in a couple hours now by car, but back then it was a long time. And so there's this caravan of people leaving Jerusalem. The festival's over. Go home, everybody, right? So they're all leaving. And Mary and Joseph are like, hey, did you see Jesus? No, man, I didn't see him. I think he's with the Johnson boy back there. <laughs> Peggy, have you seen Jesus? No, I think he's with Cletus and them. Hey, Cletus and them, you see Jesus? No, I haven't seen him in a couple hours. I thought he was with you. And the Bible says they journey for an entire day before they realize where Jesus is. And this little guy's 12 years old in Jerusalem. I mean, when I was a kid, we left my sister on an elevator for like five minutes. Could you imagine, seriously, when, could you imagine leaving your kid in a city for like a day and not realizing it? 
like, Mary, mother of God, you, you, might, you might need to take that parenting small group we're talking about. Okay? But they leave Jesus, and they don't know where he is, and so they panic. They turn around, they go run back to Jerusalem. And where do they find Jesus? Do you remember? Find him in the temple. What is he doing? He's befounding the scholars. He's sitting around with all the teachers of the law in their pious robes, and he's asking them questions they can't answer. And when his parents come to him, they say, Jesus, Jesus Christ, what are you doing in the temple? This was, sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to. They asked Jesus, what are you doing in the temple? We've been looking for you, dude. His answer is astounding. Y'all forgive me for saying that. I had to do it. It was funny. His answer is astounding. He says, don't you know I must be about my father's business? Jesus, you are 12. I believe that day was the first of many days that Jesus confronted the Pharisees because that was part of his father's business. Did you know that he was of the age in Hebrew culture where he went from being a boy to being a man? It's called a bar mitzvah. Is it bar or bot for a boy? Bar mitzvah for a boy, bot for a girl, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure I got it right. Jesus was of the right age that he would have been bar mitzvahed. He would have moved from being considered a boy to being considered a man. And what happens in Hebrew culture when you go from being a boy to being a man is you take on the family business. I believe that in that moment, Jesus, recognizing who he was, he knew his father, he discovered the design that God had put in him, or well, I guess he put it in himself because he's God, but he discovered that he was in fact the word made flesh, and he found his place in God's story, he found his place in the body, and he said, I've got to get to work doing my father's business. I don't think those, I think this is the exact same four things you and I need to do. We need to know God. We need to learn to be with him. And please, again, listen, understand I could preach on each one of these topics for a long time. This is not an exhaustive study. It's just something you and I need to take to heart. We need to know him. Like Paul said, in the power of his resurrection, I want to be more moved by God today than I was yesterday. I want to be more awestruck by his presence right now than I was 30 minutes ago. Because I just want to get to know him more. And I want to discover more and more and continue to uncover what have I been called to do? What, what, what design did you put in me? Because remember, design is expressed, or excuse me, purpose is, is, is expressed in plans and in designs. So Lord, I, I'm going to know your purpose when I begin to discover how you design me. And then, Lord, help me. Show me where I belong in the body. Show me my place in this world. And then, Lord, 
Give me your spirit. Give me the grace that you have so that I can go and begin to do the work you've called me to do. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.